0: Welcome to the Innovative Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Leslie Horn, Brett Crandall, and Claire Olilla. We're here to make your life easier as a real estate developer and teach you everything we've learned about designing and building innovative homes, multifamily, and mixed-use structures. On this podcast, we'll be giving you our best advice, trainings, and Q&A segments so you can learn from our years of experience and make your innovative vision a reality. All right. Welcome into our very first episode of Innovative Real Estate. We're here, your hosts, Leslie Horn, Brett Crandall, and Claire Olilla from the Three Squared Inc. team. And we are so excited to get rolling with some Q&A today as far as how to get started with your project, where to look for costs. We're going to give you guys all the goods on how to actually go about starting a project and being a developer in your real actual world. So today, before we get into the content, I would like to guide you over into our Instagram account at 3 Inc., where at any point, if we're referencing projects that we're working on, you can actually go to that page and take a look at exactly what we're talking about. You can see some behind-the-scenes stuff. You can get some... Uh, you can go look at videos there, and you can also head to our website at threesquaredinc.com to get some more details about each of those projects. And if you've got questions, hit us up on our contact form, and we'll be happy to connect you with our team for further discussion. So with that, Leslie and Breck, you want to say just, hey, real quick?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Welcome. Welcome back. Really excited for episode one. Yay, that's it. You Ooh. said short and sweet. All right, I did it. <laughs> Brack, your turn. Say it, everybody. Yeah, Brack hey, everyone.
2: I'm looking forward to it. This is uh, we're, we got a lot of questions, so we're going to get started with some of the uh, the most commonly asked questions that we get almost every time right out the gate.
0: Oh, yeah. And one thing <laughs> that I will give you a bit of a heads up on is every single week we've just got so much going on right now. We have been booming the past year and a half or so and have so many projects in the works right now. It's ridiculous. It's really fun and it's very exciting. But what's really cool about that is every single week, we can give you an update on what's new with the projects that we're working on. We're doing a lot of projects with shipping containers and really innovative materials. So this week, Breck, let's hand it over to you and share what your project highlight of the week is that you're working on right now.
2: Yeah, every week it's going to be something wildly different. So this week, the cool thing that we're working on right now is uh, it's a a little cabin, actually. I I guess you could call it a tiny house, but it is out of shipping containers um, with some wood and steel construction attached to it. Uh, but it's a little cabin up on a gorgeous lake in northern Michigan. Uh, if, you're, if you're familiar with Michigan, you've definitely heard of Torch Lake. It's like the brightest, most blue you've ever seen in your life. Uh, and so it's this little peninsula called Lone Tree Point. And uh, so this client, uh, an amazing client, is, is building a cabin where she's going to spend every summer, the rest of her life, uh, hanging out in this little cabin in this getaway in the woods. So we're really stoked about that project, the Lone Tree Point container cabin.
0: Nice. Hello. Lone tree Point. And we just revealed that design on our Instagram too. So go ahead and check that out at three squared ink on Instagram. Give us a follow to stay in the loop and we'll get rolling into some Q and a here. I bet you are probably wondering how to get started developing a project. <laughs> this is the number one question that we get asked is listen, where do I even start because there is so much to even consider and so Mm -hmm. much that you probably aren't considering if you've never done this before. So we've got the goods, we've got the scoop and we have helped Many developers through this process already, and at this point, we've got a pretty streamlined process as far as what's needed and what are the first steps you're going to want to consider to provide some clarity around this initial step. Mm-hmm. So, who wants to take this question? How do you get started developing a project? Well, I'm just well, going to
2: tell make, people.
1: Well, let me just make one so quick comment, let, because this is such an important piece, and I'm so excited we get just to send this podcast out to people initially, because it's relevant not just for single family homes and new people who have never built or even someone who hasn't built a home in a long time, but also for developers and small developers and new small developers. So what we're sharing here is super relevant across the board um, on how to get started. Thanks, Breck, for letting me interrupt. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, that's totally true. It does. It applies literally to everyone. I will tell you the same answer, no matter who you are. If you're like, don't know where to start before you even like start trying to think about what it's going to look like or the design or anything, you need to answer three questions out the gate. The three questions are, where are you building? What are you building? And how much money do you have to build it with?
0: And Uh, I will interrupt those
2: three things. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I'll interrupt
0: here just to (laughs) let everyone know to grab your pen and a journal (laughs) or grab your phone notes app and write those three questions down. Where are you building? What are you building? And how much money do you have to build it for? Write them down.
2: These are not simple questions to answer per se. And that's why it's like before you talk to uh, an architect like, you know, like myself and the three squared team who are going to help bring the vision to life, uh, you really got to know these things. And this, is, this is common. So where are you building? Let's start with where <clears throat> you need to have a site. I, a building without a context is no building at all because every time that we have been asked to, throw together a design or just sketch something or design a house or something like that. As soon as we actually find land, there's so many things about that land that influence and impact the design that we end up having to go back and redo work, whether it's redoing the entire thing or just starting, you know, uh, back from, you know, a certain point and reworking things like you will have to redo work because like where is the sun? Like what direction does your building face? Like that's that's like base level stuff like Is there context? Like, are there buildings nearby? Are there trees on the site? Like there's a lot of stuff there. What kind of soil are you building on? Like those are all things that have a huge impact on the design. But first and foremost, you gotta know what that lot is zoned. That's like the biggest thing. People always ask me, like, how much, how much land do I need in order to build this? Like 90% of the time, you can fit whatever you're trying to build on a lot. Like you can look at it, you know, in a satellite image and be like, this will fit. Like I, I know that. That's not a question you need to be asking yourself. The question you need to be asking yourself is, is what I want to build allowed on this site? And that's a that's a big question you got to answer. So that all goes into the, where am I building? So find a site, look into the property. You can call your local municipality and they'll help you answer questions, or you can just do some, some research online and answer a lot of the questions yourself in order to know where you're building. All right, let's move on to number two. Two of uh, the three things you got to answer. And number two is what are you building? Now, uh, contrary to prior belief, we don't tell you what you're building. That's really important to know. Like a lot of people are like, I don't know, I want a house. And they're like, well, how many bedrooms? How many bathrooms? And they're like, I don't a house. Like that doesn't help us. Okay. <laughs> so if you're building a small project like a house, Think about what you need in there. Do you need two bedrooms? Do you need three bedrooms? Two baths? Do you have a laundry uh, unit on site? Do you need? Uh, do you need a home office? Do you want a huge kitchen? A small kitchen? That's all important when it comes to like larger developments. Like how many units and what size are the units? Like we can work from there, and we'll you know we'll we'll help you bring that in line as we know more information. But to start you have to tell us how many units you need in order to make your numbers work, not vice versa. So what are you building is very, very important to tell us. The construction type doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you're using shipping containers or traditional stick framing or masonry or steel or any other unique form of construction. Uh, That doesn't matter at this point. You just need to know what you are building. The third question that you got to answer is how much money do you have to build it for? And this is the one that I think people definitely struggle the most with because they wanna know, well, how much does this cost? Well, that's that's the wrong way of thinking about it. Honestly, you gotta start with the where and the what, and then that will give you some information to find out. Go to a bank ask them what you're pre-approved for. If you're trying to build a house, like don't design a house and then find out that there's no way you could afford it. That's a waste of everyone's time. Instead, talk to the bank, find out how much money you have to work with. And then we can make a design that fits within your budget. That's super important. You'll hear three squared say over and over and over again (laughs) in these calls that we are interested in making real buildings, not designs that are going to sit in cyberspace for the rest of eternity. Like we really want to help you bring an actual building to reality. And so these are three questions that we got to answer right out the gate. Where are you building? What are you building? And how much money do we have to build it with?
1: So Breck, yesterday I was on a call with a potential client in Washington, in the state of Washington. And he's wanting. he and his wife are wanting to build in a Um, million dollar neighborhood. And he says, I, you know, I have about 500,000, you know, I could probably do 750,000, but can you tell me exactly how much it's going to cost? I'm like, well, no, I mean, like a four-door sedan, if you go to a car dealership and say, I need a four-door sedan, um, it's going to cost you, you know, 16,000 or 160,000. He goes, well, I get that, but I just want to make sure if I'm at the 500,000, is it, is it a house that, um, is it going to be a, a house that's 2,500 square feet, but is it going to be a cool house? Is it going to be something that like, is it going to be, is it going to meet my expectations at the $500,000 mark? And I'm, and and these are the kind of questions we get. How would you respond to him?
2: Oh, I would say. We can make something look cool for five dollars, if you want. Yeah. Like this, I mean, making it making it look cool is not the challenge, um, right. Yeah, when it, I mean that's that's a really good point, Leslie. I mean, it, yeah. it can range in in price so significantly, yeah. really, by how nice you make it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're we're bridging into the other you know, the other frequently asked question that that Claire <laughs> always gets right out the gate, uh, which is how much do things cost? And, right. And, there are ways that you can control that as well. Claire, you want to talk about how, how that's so important to every conversation that starts out?
0: Oh, yeah. It's the number one question. And fair enough, because it it's one of the primary questions we ask people to ask. How much budget do you have to work with? But it's just the order of operations there. So instead of asking us how much is it going to cost we reframe that question back to you and say, how much do you have to work with? So I would love to uh, ping pong this over to Leslie to give give some advice really, because we totally understand if you're new to the space or maybe you have read a bunch of blogs online around how much these things cost, how much it costs to build something with shipping containers or a modular house or this or that. And you'll totally find numbers and they're going to be totally different depending on (laughs) whatever random blog you end up on or random YouTube video you end up on. So honestly, we're always just grateful when people come to us and they say, Hey, three squared, obviously you're the experts in this space. You're one of the very few people who have actually built these things rather than just seeing designs in cyberspace. So tell us how much is it really costing? And Leslie, I think you've got some great insight into the rise in construction costs and just some things that people want to keep in consideration as they plan to bring a design to a real actual building rather than Mm -hmm. just sitting on a design for the rest of their life.
1: Yeah. And it, it breaks our hearts when that happens. Um, The first thing is, you know, construction costs are literally construction costs. Because we're replacing two-by-fours and and OSB boards with containers, honestly, you're going to hear this from us, and it's truth. You're not going to save a whole lot of money. When you have a pro forma, which is your 200 line items on a budget, you have one line item that you might save money on for a single family house, and that's your framing cost, your lumber and labor. You might save money. And there's a lot of reasoning behind that sentence. But where you're really going to save money is your time, right? So, you know, a lot of people in single family residents, honestly, really don't really give a rat's patootie about saving time. At the end of the day, people want to save money. So, how do we quantify that for a single family home and you can do it in two ways you can you know we can we can get some beat up containers right and oftentimes if they're too beat up it's not going to be cost effective i got to tell you this right but in the meantime you've your construction costs are just not the container we can frame a house in in 4 hours i mean we can frame a house that fast but there's flooring there's your foundation that we had to sit the containers on. There's your roof and your cabinets and toilets and everything else is the same, regardless if you're using sip panels, you know bricks, sticks, or containers. It doesn't matter. Where some of the cost savings that people really, it's like all the energy efficiencies. We're going to be able to save some money on the back end because we're going to be finished sooner. However... The energy efficiencies of a, of a building will save you money. Uh, we, in our model center, we our highest energy bill has been $342 for a 2,400 square foot, three story building in minus sub zero, you know, minus six degree weather. So there's some really good energy efficiencies in this building where you really start to save, all right? And let me finish this point. So the biggest piece, if I were you, if I was a homeowner wanting to design and build my own home, I would make a couple of general phone calls to construction firms in your neighborhood and ask them this following question, very important. How much is my cost per square foot for general construction in my neighborhood? For a good, better, best, if it's for a better home, um, I would do that. You can Google also, but I got to tell you, there's so many different variables on Google. It's, you're going to hit, you know, where it's $135 a square foot. I mean, you cannot build for 30 135 a square foot in, in very few cities. And it's because of labor, right? I mean, right now in Detroit, you're lucky. You're lucky to build a custom home for under $200 a square foot. You're lucky. Um, if, if it's in the city of um, Atlanta you might be able to get down to 155 or 160. But if I were the homeowner, I would do my due diligence, call a couple of GCs and say, listen, hey, what's the cost of construction here? That's the number I would use in budgeting for my house. With containers, it's not going to save you a whole bunch, but you'll know that there might be some cost savings. And I want you to hear, I said these words on purpose, there might be some cost savings. All right. Everything you read on the internet about having a ADU, you know, accessory dwelling unit made out of containers sent to you already fully furnished and modularized, and it's only going to be, you know, $29,000. Don't fall for it. I'm telling you right now, don't why fall for that,
2: it. Why is that, Leslie? Why, oh why is that not the cost?
1: Well, because, you know, first, first, then you've got to get it into the backyard. You've got to put a foundation in there. You've got to do all of your utilities. At the end of the day, it's going to run you 400, 400 bucks a square foot. I am at, we can run the numbers with you. It is not cost effective. When people start saying these things, it's crazy. Um, you know, it's just crazy. And you're, it's just um, you, you get what you pay for. And you can you can Google my you know mistakes by ordering a shipping container adu online. I, I mean, I, we should do that so that we know what comes <laughs> up. But. <laughs> But, um, so it's very frustrating, but that's how I would start if I were building and designing my home. Um, I would totally, absolutely determine that now what's beautiful in working with experienced developers or experienced homeowners. They already know they're already like, Hey, I already know that not only is my cost of construction going to be, let's just round it to 200 a square foot. Um, It's just a number. All right. It's going to make my math easier, but let's say we, you know, the client comes to Breck and in our design meeting, he goes, well, all right, where are we doing this? I have a lot in, um, in Detroit, Michigan. Perfect. All right. What do you want to build? I want to build the most amazing three bedroom with an office. Uh, you know, we have, you know, music. So I want this little music room and, um, I want a big backyard. Perfect. All right. How, what's your budget? Well, I know that if I want a 3000 square foot house, my construction costs are going to run about $600,000, right? So you guys see the math here, right? 3,000 square feet times 200 bucks a square foot. All right. What people forget sometimes is that in addition to your hard construction costs, you have what we call soft cost, which can actually add up to 20 to 30% Of your construction costs. Surprise! So I know, boom, shakalaka. (laughs) It's a big surprise. It's ouch. What that means? It's architectural engineering fees, and you know we have an allowance in our fees that take care of structural engineering. But if there's something amiss in the ground, if you're in wetlands, that allowance just went out the door. Wait, 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 Leslie. Are you telling me that
2: (laughs) the drawings for my house aren't included in my construction cost? (laughs)
1: Wow. I know um, it's true uh, it's um, these are these are all it, it's it's to get a house up through the permit um, our team spends about 200 240 hours on getting up uh, your plans designed and ready to submit for the permit it's really truly um, it's a feat um, and we have a hundred percent approval in every municipality that we've gone to and then on top of all of that you know you've you know you're you've got you know where are the utilities and what are the hookups for the utilities? And, you know, you're going to want a driveway. (laughs) You don't want to just pull into a dirt garage. I'm just joking on that, but you get my point. You want some plants
2: on your site afterwards and you might want to put a tree. Like there are a lot of costs just beyond just the building itself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so please don't take that $200 to heart right now. Do your homework, do your due diligence where you live. Um, and, you know, let's, we, we'll hap, we're happy to help you put a budget together. We're super easy um, and, you know, we're, we kind of know what we're doing. Actually, we don't kind of, we really do. <laughs> we're really good at what we do. Uh, we can give you what it's going to cost. And we oftentimes do for experienced developers. They're like, well, what is the cost of modifying the containers and delivering and installing them? We know that number. We just need to know how many that are going on site. And so, and, you know, we'll work with you. We've got actually some um, some funders that love cargo architecture that will help you with a construction loan. We can point you in the right direction and the right questions to ask. But really, um, realistic expectations. We really want to set those up front. Britt, Claire, did I miss anything?
2: Well, yeah, I think uh, just in yeah. conclusion. <laughs> there you go. I just, I, I do want to say like, yeah, construction costs are going to cost what they're going to cost based on where right. you're located and based on the parameters of yeah. what's happening at your building site. Like, you know, you have a high water table and you, you, know, you can't really you get into the ground without dealing with a bunch of issues. Or if you've got a house that you have to demolish, like all those things, those costs you can't control. Those are out of your control. Yeah. But- there are some things that you as an owner or a developer can control. And so I'm just gonna end on three simple ways that you can control your cost expectations going into things. And the first one's real obvious. The first one is scale, like how big is it, right? If it's smaller, it's generally gonna be cheaper. That that you know minimizes at a certain point where it won't get any cheaper than this because you have to have a kitchen and a bathroom, right? Like you, you have to start with there, but you can reduce the scale of your project to control your costs. That one's obvious. Yeah. So the next one is timeline. The faster you want something done, the more it's gonna cost every time. If you have flexibility in your timeline and you have a little bit of time to wait as things progress, it will be cheaper every time. We have a lot of people who are like, I want a house and I want it done before January. And you're like, Okay, well, like this is like 3 months. Like that's not going to happen. And if it does, it's going to cost you like quadruple because everybody's going to be adding rush to their, you know, yeah. delivery of materials, and labor, etc. So, scale and timeline. And then the third one that I think people forget about is quality. And I don't want you to be misled by that. It's really I'm talking about the quality of finishes. Like how you finish out the house. You can pick a tile that costs a dollar, or you can pick a tile that costs $50 for each single piece. So we've seen projects that have honest goodness, we have had two identical buildings that one was finished out for $175 a square foot. The other one was finished out. It had it had like custom marble countertops. It had all this like gilded specialty, you know, appliances and fixtures and faucets and handles. Every lighting fixture was custom. And that house came in about a square foot. So like you can control how the building is finished out. When you talk to general contractors, they're gonna ask you, and Leslie said earlier, good, better, or best. You know, good is like builder grade quality or like furnishing your kitchen with Ikea, uh, something like that. Better is like, all right, we've got custom cabinets, but it's not top of the line. You have a solid surface countertop, um, but it's not, you know, anything custom. And the best is like that expensive house I just described where it's like, you've got marble countertops, you've got the nicest flooring you can possibly get. Every room has custom furnishings and everything in it. So you can control that. And that's something that you need to start thinking about right away. When you start having an idea for a project, like you could start thinking of like, how nice is this? And what do I want it to look like when it's done? And you can start pulling inspiration together and having photos of what you're thinking, because that's all going to help us and your builders and everybody involved help you have a better estimate of your cost as you go along. And that's really important.
1: Breck, I think Ikea should be in the better. Is that not true? Because I really well, like the I, Ikea. I take it, yeah, Ikea
2: has low grade and they have, okay. they have actually, their top the line is kind of nice.
1: I don't mind yeah. Ikea.
2: I'm not bad for Ikea in any way. Half of my house is furnished with Ikea, so. Yeah,
1: exactly. How long did it take you to put the first one together? I'm just joking. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> We'll get to that one. Yeah, that's a
1: joke for another day.
0: Exactly. Anecdotes
1: to share at once. I know. Awesome. Wow.
0: This is awesome. I think that was very efficient as far as information packed into one single episode. So if you are listening to this and your head is already spinning with, oh my God, I've got to listen to this episode five times to make sure I've got this straight then I will guide you down into the show notes of this episode. Just scroll down into the details and you will find a link there where there will be a summary of the key points from this episode. You can click that link and it'll take you to a page where you can just at a glance, see what we covered from a high-level overview today. And our Instagram link will also be down there as well as our website. If you've got a specific project in mind, my top recommendation for you would be to connect with our team so that you can have a one-on-one, totally free, totally no strings attached call with our team and ask questions so that you know what to do next. And so that you can decide for yourself if this is feasible for you and how to get started with your project. So thank you so much for joining us today. We will be back next week with another value-packed training on how to develop your project, how to go about doing this in an easy way rather than the hard way. (laughs) We've we've been on both ends of that spectrum. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you so much. We'll see you you. next week.
1: Yes, you will. Bye. Bye. (laughs)
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode and if you found it so valuable, you want to connect with us one-on-one, click the link in the description to tell us all about your project so we can help you get started. And to get notified on the next episode here on Innovative Real Estate, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so you never miss a beat. Get out there, put today's advice into action, and we will see you in the next episode.